Chapter six, good work. Good day, Priscilla, said Annie. Good day, said Priscilla. She walked to them. Did thou fill the basket with eels and clams? Not really, said Jack. The eel didn't want to get caught, said Annie, and the clams lived to be so old, we didn't think it was right to take their lives. Priscilla laughed. Her sad eyes sparkled. What strange children, she said, but you both look wet and cold. Would you like to come to my house and warm up by the fire? Yes, said Jack and Annie. They washed off their feet and pulled on their shoes and stockings. Jack picked up his bag. Annie picked up their empty basket. Would thou like to put some of my corn and squash in thy basket, said Priscilla. Oh, thanks, said Annie. She took some corn and squash from Priscilla's basket. And perhaps thou would like to carry the pumpkin, Priscilla said to Jack. Sure, said Jack. Sure, said Priscilla. I mean, indeed, said Jack. He felt relieved. Now they wouldn't have to go back empty-handed. Jack wrapped his arms around the heavy pumpkin. Annie carried the basket. They followed Priscilla back to the village. The pilgrims and Wampanoag were gathering in a wide dirt street. Women were baking bread in an outdoor oven. Some boys were setting wooden planks on barrels to make tables. Mary, the little girl, was carrying a bucket of water. Squanto sat smoking a pipe with Chief Masoet, Governor Bradford, and Captain Standish. Jack hoped Mary wouldn't ask him about the clams and eels. He hoped Squanto wouldn't ask him about Captain John Smith. He hoped the governor and the captain wouldn't ask him about home. Jack hid his face behind the fat pumpkin. Priscilla opened the door to a small house. Then she led Jack and Annie into a dark, smoky room. The only light came from one window and a fire. Sit by the hearth, said Priscilla, so your clothes can dry. Where's the hearth? Annie asked, looking around. Priscilla laughed again, shaking her head. There, where the fire lies, she said. Jack put down the pumpkin in his bag. Annie put down her basket. The hearth was so large, Jack could have stood in it. He and Annie got as close as they could to the warm, crackling fire. Several pots hung over the fire. Near the pots, a turkey was roasting on an iron rod. The Thanksgiving turkey, whispered Annie. Cool, said Jack. The very first Thanksgiving turkey, he thought. Would thou please stir the corn pudding whilst thou art drying? asked Priscilla. She pointed to one of the pots. Indeed, said Jack. Priscilla took a wooden spoon out of a jug of water near the hearth. She gave it to Jack. He put it into the thick, bubbly pudding and stirred. I must gather nuts, said Priscilla. Whilst I am gone, move the roots close to the ashes and stir herbs into the seafood chowder. Indeed, said Annie. After Priscilla left, Annie looked at Jack. What are roots and herbs, she asked. Look in the book, said Jack. Annie took the research book from Jack's bag. She looked up roots and read aloud. The pilgrims called certain vegetables roots. These vegetables, such as carrots and turnips, grow under the ground. Ah, said Jack. He picked up some carrots and turnips near the earth and moved them close to the hot ashes. Next, Annie looked up herbs. She read aloud. The pilgrims called leafy vegetables that grow above the ground herbs. They made salads with herbs. They used dry herbs to flavor soups and seafood chowders. Jack saw some dried plants hanging from the rafters. Those must be the herbs, he said. Annie broke off a leaf and sniffed it. Mmm, that smells good, she said. She leaned close to one of the pots. And that must be the seafood chowder. It smells like the ocean. 
She crumbled the leaf into the chowder. She took another spoon from the jug of water. She and Jack both stirred pots. Good work, Priscilla said as she stepped back into the room. Jack smiled. The fire had made him hot and sweaty. The smoke burned his eyes, but he didn't mind. Finally, he felt useful. Priscilla put some walnuts close to the fire. Squanto taught us which nuts are good to eat, she said. Squanto taught thee a lot, said Annie. He saved our lives, Priscilla said quietly. Last winter, we were cold and hungry. Half our people died. Annie gasped. How? she said. Sickness, said Priscilla. Fever took my mother, my father, and my brother. Her eyes were bright with tears. No one spoke. The sound of the crackling fire filled the room. Then Annie put her arm around Priscilla. We're so sorry, said Annie. Yes, we are, said Jack. Thank you, Priscilla said with a sad smile. "'Twas a terrible winter, but we never gave up hope. And now, God be praised, we have had a good harvest and we have peace with our neighbors. In the glow of the firelight, Priscilla was beautiful, Jack thought. Not only was she kind, but she was incredibly brave as well. Come, she said. She wiped her eyes and stood up. Something special is about to take place. Would thou like to watch? Sure, I mean, indeed, said Annie. She and Jack jumped up and followed Priscilla outside. Chapter seven, arm exercises. Priscilla led Jack and Annie away from the village toward a large field. The pilgrims and Wapanoag men were already gathered there. Jack could hear the beat of a drum, but he couldn't see what was going on. Make haste or we will miss it, said Priscilla. Miss what? asked Annie. Captain Stanish is about to lead the men and boys, said Priscilla. They will exercise their arms. Why do they exercise their arms? Jack wondered. Will they expect me to join in? As he hurried after Priscilla toward the crowd, Jack practiced. He stretched his arms out wide. He made circles in the air. Then he flapped his arms up and down. Priscilla caught sight of him. What art thou doing, Jack? She asked. Exercising my arms, he said. Priscilla smiled. Then she started to laugh. She laughed and laughed. So did Jack, but he wasn't sure why. A loud bang came from the field. Jack jumped. He stopped laughing. A puff of smoke rose into the air. As the crowd parted, Jack saw the pilgrim men and boys proudly holding up their long guns. What just happened? said Annie. The men fired their muskets, said Priscilla. On special occasions, they like to show off their arms. Oh, thought Jack, now I get it. The long guns are muskets, which are also called arms. So exercising arms means firing muskets. Jack blushed. Priscilla must think I'm an idiot, he thought. But she just smiled at him fondly. I thank thee for making me laugh, Jack, she said. I have not laughed hard in a long time. Jack shrugged as if he had meant to make her laugh. It is time now to serve our feast, said Priscilla. I must help with the bread. What can we do? asked Jack. Return to my home, said Priscilla. Take the turkey off the spit, put it on a platter, and bring it to a table. Oh, great! We get to help with the turkey, said Annie. I always help with the turkey at home. Good, said Priscilla. May thou feel my home is thy home today. Jack was excited too. He and Annie were about to serve the first turkey at the first Thanksgiving. 
They ran back to the smoky house and rushed inside. Where's the platter? said Jack, looking around. He saw a flat wooden block. That must be it. Annie picked up the wooden platter. How do we get the turkey on it? she asked. They moved close to the fire and stared at the turkey roasting on the iron rod. That must be the spit, said Jack. The spit sat on iron legs. It had a handle. Jack pushed his glasses into place. I'll lift the spit, he said. Then we'll push the turkey onto the platter. Be careful, said Annie. Jack reached out and wrapped his fingers around the handle of the iron spit. Ow, he shouted. The handle was super hot. He yanked his hand away and knocked the spit off its legs. The turkey fell into the fire. The grease from the turkey sputtered and popped. The turkey burst into flame. The fire roared. Ah! Yelped Jack and Annie together. They jumped back from the hearth. Jack grabbed the water pot on the floor. He threw the water into the fire. The fire sizzled and smoke billowed up. When the smoke cleared, the fire was out. But the turkey was completely black. Chapter 8, The Feast Jack buried his face in his hands. I don't believe it, he said. I just burned up the pilgrim's turkey. Stay calm, said Annie. I'll get Priscilla. No, don't tell Priscilla, moaned Jack. We have to tell Priscilla, said Annie. She hurried out of the house. Jack lifted his head and stared at the burned turkey. Oh, man, he whispered unhappily. The pilgrims had worked so hard to get their food. They had had such a terrible winter, especially Priscilla, and now he had ruined their first Thanksgiving. The door opened. Annie pulled Priscilla over to the hearth. See, said Annie, the turkey fell into the fire. It burned up. I did it, Jack confessed. Priscilla just stared at the burned turkey in the wet, messy hearth. Then she looked at Jack. He looked away from her. Ah, Jack. Priscilla said softly, thou look sad. He nodded. I ruined everything, he mumbled. No, thou did not, said Priscilla. She reached out her hand. Come. Priscilla led Jack and Annie out into the bright autumn light. Look, she said. Jack saw pilgrim women and kids walking to the tables. They all carried wooden platters piled with food. <clears throat> In the other houses, there was cooking also, said Priscilla. Jack saw roasted ducks, turkeys, and deer meat. He saw baked fish, lobsters, eels, clams, and oysters. He saw pumpkins, beans and corn, dried plums, berries and roasted nuts, steamy pots of soups and puddings, and loaves of baked breads. We had a very good harvest this fall, said Priscilla. We stored many vegetables. We salted our fish and cured our meat. And today, our Wampanoag neighbors brought back five deer from the forest for our feast. Jack was relieved to see all the food. Priscilla knelt down and looked him in the eye. See, thou did not ruin anything, Jack, she said. Thou and Annie have helped me a lot this day. You have both made me laugh, and you have both acted with kind hearts. Jack was amazed. He thought he'd been no help at all. Come, said Priscilla. Let us join the others. Art thou hungry? Jack nodded. Seeing all the platters of food had made him really hungry. He and Annie followed Priscilla. In the golden glow of autumn light, Jack and Annie joined the pilgrims in the Wampanoag at the long tables. Priscilla gave Jack and Annie wooden plates. She gave them big white cloth napkins. Then she served them plenty 
of food. Before they started to eat, Governor Bradford stood up to speak. Those of us who came here on the Mayflower did not know how to live in this land, he said, but Squanto came to help us. And today we give thanks for him and for the peace we share with his people and for all our great blessings. Governor Bradford looked at Jack and Annie. Welcome to our feast, he said. At this moment, three worlds, your world, our world, and the world of the Wampanoag are not three. They are one. Tis the magic of community. Indeed, said Annie. She clapped her hands and looked at Jack. We did it, she whispered. Did what, thought Jack. Governor Bradford then put his napkin over his shoulder. Now, he said, let us feast till our bellies are filled. As everyone started to eat, Annie leaned close to Jack. We found the special magic, she whispered. The magic of community. Remember the rhyme? She repeated Morgan's words. To find a special magic when work and toil are done, gather all together, turn three worlds into one. Oh man, said Jack. He'd forgotten all about it. We can go home now, said Annie. No way, said Jack. We have to eat first. Jack and Annie used their fingers to pick up their food. And they ate and ate and ate. Jack tried everything on his plate, except a little bit of eel and two clams. Everything he did eat, he liked, even the turnips. Food really tastes good, he thought as he chewed, when you eat it outside on a beautiful day with lots of nice people. Chapter 9, Good Day. Slowly the feast came to an end. The guests wiped their plates with their last bits of bread. Then they wiped their hands and faces with their napkins. Jack and Annie stood up. We have to go home, Annie said to Priscilla. Ah, thou must go back to thy own community now, said Priscilla. Annie nodded. Then she kissed Priscilla on the cheek. Thanks for everything, Annie said. Jack wanted to kiss Priscilla too, but he was too shy. Thanks, Priscilla, he said. I thank thee, Jack, she said. Then she leaned over and kissed his cheek. Jack felt his face grow red. Excuse me, sir, Annie said to Governor Bradford, but we must leave now. Oh, but we have not yet taught thee how to grow corn, said the little girl, Mary. Squanto stood up. Come, he said. I will walk Jack and Annie back to the forest. I will teach them. Oh, thou dost not have to do that, Jack said quickly. He feared that once they were alone, Squanto would figure out that they'd never met before. But Squanto only smiled and waited for them to follow. Bye, everyone, said Annie, waving. Jack waved, too. All the pilgrims and Wampanoag waved back at them. The skinny dog barked. Squanto led Jack and Annie away from the village toward the autumn woods. As they passed the cornfield, the dried stalks swayed in the breeze. They made shushing sounds. Squanto stopped walking. He pointed to the field. You must plant corn in the spring, he said. Put the seed in the ground when the oak tree bud is as small as a mouse's ear. Oh, wait, please, said Jack. He slipped his notebook and pencil out of his bag. It was the first time he'd had a chance to take notes all day. He wrote, how to plant corn. Oak tree bud equals mouse's ear. Then he looked up at Squanto and nodded. Dig holes and put two rotting fish in each hole said Squanto. Rotting fish, said Annie, making a face. Yes, 
Rotting fish is good food for the soil, said Squanto. On top of the fish, place four corn seeds, then cover them with dirt. Jack quickly wrote, two rotting fish, four corn seeds, cover with dirt. Got it, he said, looking up. I give you these corn seeds to take home, said Squanto. He held up a small pouch. Thanks, said Annie, taking the pouch. Thanks a lot, said Jack. Well, goodbye. Jack was eager to get going before Squanto could ask him questions about the past. Wait, I have a question, said Annie. Squanto, why did you say you remembered us? Squanto's dark eyes twinkled. I did not say I remembered you, he said. I only said, I remember. What did you remember? asked Annie. I remembered what it was like to be from a different world, said Squanto. Long ago, I lived with my people on the shore. But one day, men came in ships. They took me to Europe as a slave. In that new land, I was a stranger. I felt different and afraid. I saw the same fear in your eyes today, so I tried to help you. Annie smiled. We thank thee, she said. And now you must always be kind to those who feel different and afraid, said Squanto. Remember what you felt today. Indeed, said Jack. Before closing his notebook, he added one last thing. Be kind to those who feel different and afraid. Squanto bowed. Good day, Jack and Annie, he said. Good day, they said. Squanto turned and headed back to the village. The sun was setting. All of Plymouth was lit with a fiery light. It really was a good day, said Annie. Yeah, it was, said Jack. Annie sighed. Ready to go home, she asked. Indeed, Jack said. They started running through the woods. Their feet crunched through the red and yellow leaves. They scrambled up the rope ladder into the treehouse. From the distance came the sounds of the pilgrims singing a hymn and the Wampanoag beating their drums. Annie picked up the Pennsylvania book. She pointed at a picture of the Frog Creek Woods. I wish we could go home, she said. Goodbye, Priscilla, Jack called. Goodbye, Squanto, said Annie. Goodbye, everyone. The wind started to blow. The wind blew harder. The treehouse started to spin. It spun faster and faster. Then everything was still. Absolutely still. Chapter 10, Thankful. Jack opened his eyes. He sighed. They were wearing their own clothes again. His leather bag was a backpack. Sunlight slanted through the treehouse window. As always, no time at all had passed in Frog Creek. Home, said Annie. She held up the pouch of corn seeds. Proof for Morgan we found a special magic. The magic of community, said Jack. Annie placed the pouch on the floor. Next to the scrolls from Shakespeare and the twig from the gorillas of the cloud forest. Let's go, she said. Jack took the research book out of his pack. He left it under the window. Then they climbed down the rope ladder. As they started through the woods, a warm wind blew, rattling the leaves. Jack felt happy. He was looking forward to visiting their grandmother today and seeing their cousins and aunts and uncles. You know, pilgrim kids had a really hard life, said Annie. Yeah, they did as much work as the grown-ups, said Jack. Maybe more. Worst of all, lots of their friends and family members died, said Annie. Yeah, said Jack. Both were silent for a moment. If they could be so thankful, said Annie, we should be really thankful. No kidding, said Jack. Really, really thankful. And they were.
the 